book of Mark, chapter 1. Mark, chapter 1. Last week in this sanctuary, I tried my dead-level best, and I think I did, did the sum, but not all. I tried my dead-level best to shock you with information concerning abortions in America because last week was Right to Life Sunday. Truth is, every Sunday should be Right to Life. Should be. Every single Sunday, we should just promote right to life. Every day of every week should be right to life. We learned that as we were, as we watched the upcoming Super Bowl, that the stadium that is being held in this year could be filled 14 times with the number of children who were killed in their mother's womb in 2020 alone. See, we, we think abortion, oh, it's, you know, it's a woman's choice and it's not that big of an issue and not so many people. 14 times, the, the stadium, when you watch, 14 times it could be filled with the children who were murdered in their mother's womb in 2020 alone. That's shocking. We came to understand that Satan desires to destroy each of us and uses abortion to do the very thing. He initially whispers in our ear that this shameful act can be easily resolved with an abortion. And soon after a woman or a man, they participate in this abortion, Satan whispers in their ear again, look what you have done. Look what you've done. When this happens, Satan uses this heinous act to destroy you mentally, physically, emotionally, and finally his ultimate destination is to kill you spiritually. We also learn that as long as we have breath, as long as we have breath in our bodies, God will forgive us of every sin. Amen? Every sin. If only we will come to him and repent. Now this morning, I want to ask a question in light of last week's message after I read this morning's scripture. So let's look at Mark chapter 1, and we're going to start reading in verse 21. Mark 1 verse 21 and Mark writes this he says then they went to into Capernaum and right away he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and he began to teach they were astonished at his teaching because unlike the scribes he was teaching them as one having authority as one having authority just then, a man with an unclean spirit was in the synagogue, and he cried out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus, Nazarene? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, Be quiet and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsed him, shouted with a loud voice, and came out of him. Then they, you might want to underline they, then they were all amazed, so they began to argue with one another, saying, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame then spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. Let's pray. Father, again, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, I don't exempt myself from that prayer. I pray that you'll forgive me of my sins. 
Now, Lord, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word. Help us, Lord, to see what's taking place in this scripture. Help us to hear a word from you. Help us to feel your presence, to know that you're here this morning, God. Help us to be what you created us to be. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. amen. Did, did you see what just took place in our scripture today? Did y'all see that? Now, hang on, listen. Y'all stayed up last night till 12, 1 o'clock watching TV, watching, watch, looking at social media, watching them TikToks. We can stay awake this morning. Amen? Now, y'all know, listen, I, I have walked up to people in the middle of my preaching, and I've tapped you on the shoulder when you fell asleep. All right? Now, if you fall asleep, fall asleep respectfully, just like this, like you're praying. Don't fall asleep like this. Because I'm going to come get you if you do. Uh, this, that's my warning, all right? That's my warning. Y'all believe me, right? Okay, just checking. I thought I saw a couple people getting a little sleepy. Do you see what just took place in the scripture today? What we just read is one of many events that factually actually took place in the life of Christ. It's amazing. This event, Gary, this event took place. This actually happened. We just witnessed Jesus walk into Capernaum, which was his ministry headquarters, enter the synagogue on the Sabbath, and began to teach. Little is known of him at this time of his ministry. Yet Mark records that the people, when they heard him, said his teachings were unlike the scribes. Men who knew the scripture like in no, no, nobody else. So they gave testimony that what he was teaching was unlike anything they'd ever heard from the scribes. The scribes knew the Bible inside and out. They knew the Old Testament, they knew the prophets, prophets and they knew the prophecies inside and out. And, and these people are saying in the synagogue, this man teaches us with greater authority than they do. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So they're, they're giving him props. He was teaching as one having authority. Now, what happened next was due to Jesus teaching with authority. Now, what is it that took place? What did we see in our scripture that took place? He's sitting there just preaching, preaching. Well, how did Jesus preach? I don't know, but I'm going to know one day. Amen? He was preaching, and he was preaching with such authority that as he was in the room, and he was preaching, just like I looked at a few minutes ago, and I saw some people look like they were getting ready to nod off. Jesus was scanning across the room, and, and he noticed that there was somebody in the synagogue, in the house of God, that shouldn't be there. And his, his glance passed their glance. He recognized them and let them know who he was, and they would not remain. Now, I told you I had a question in light of last week's message, and here it is. Y'all ready? Everybody ready? Here it is. You ready? Who is going to tell the truth? Who's going to tell the truth? Who was telling the truth in our scripture this morning? If there's ever been a time that we've needed the truth, it's, it's now. I mean, all you have, I, I don't watch the news, but I see enough of news articles on social media that I, I, I probably should just turn social media. I should probably just, I, I, I've thought, Lee, I've thought about going to, to Altel or AT&T, whatever who it is that I have, and telling them I want a flip phone. I don't want any technology on my phone anymore. Any of y'all ever had that thought? 
I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm sick of having a cell phone at all. I want to go back to the 80s and early 90s where, listen, th this is how you contacted somebody. Uh, I'm unable to be reached. Please leave your name and number at the sound of the tone. Beep. And I'll get back to you when I can. Those were the good days. And listen, th then I had one of those things that looked just like this on my, y'all know what that, remember that? A little beeper. And even, even with the beeper, you just looked at it and said, oh, oh, okay, Dan called me. I'll have to retire. When I get a chance, I'll call him. Somebody's phone's going off right now. See, they're looking. <laughs> get behind me, Satan. <laughs> what do we see in our scripture this morning? Who's telling the truth? Well, there's always a truth teller in the crowd. There's always if you have more than one child, I promise you, one of them's a lying, little lying, 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 and the other one will be a truth teller. Now, I've told y'all in times past, who was my truth teller? Alex. Alex was a truth teller. He still is a truth teller. Now, he, he, if, if he ain't got to share the truth, he ain't going to, but if you ask him about it, he's going to tell you the truth, isn't he? I'll never, never in my life forget when the boys started riding skateboards and I had to build them fun boxes and stuff for them to jump and skate across and, and they, they, they'd have to tighten their wheels, they said. So I'd go in the, in the, uh, the garage and I'd notice, all right, Alex, you been in my tools again? No, sir, it was Kyle. <laughs> no, sir, it was Kyle. I, I'd go and I'd, I'd notice, listen, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't keep guns out but I had a pellet gun because we had a, a pesky squirrel that was always messing son did you, you know you've been messing with the pellet gun no sir it was Kyle <laughs> really truthfully and y'all all know the famous one the famous one was Amy and I were going out out we were going somewhere going out to eat or going to a movie or something during Christmas time the Christmas presents were in my office the office door was locked we had some up in the attic had the attic locked we came home, and I'd put a piece of tape on my office door, and I said, all right, who's been in my office? Somebody's been in my office. And old Kyle and Emily said, oh, no, we hadn't been in your office. And Alex said, yes, we were. <laughs> we went up in the attic, too. <laughs> always, there's always a truth teller in the room. This morning, we see some truth tellers. Now, number one, who, who is, who's telling the truth? The first person we see telling the truth, we can give it to the, the author or the writer of this book, author uh, Mr. Mark. It's thought by many scholars that Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, was the first of the gospel writers to tell the truth, and the other three writers, uh, Matthew, John, and, and Luke, added to what he wrote. We can also contend that Mark is telling the truth as to what he wrote is in the Word of God. So we can put a check beside Mark's name as a truth teller. Church, he felt compelled to not only tell the truth, to know the truth, but that the world would know the truth about who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and who Jesus will always be. He had to tell it. He had to tell it. Now, listen, I want to ask you a question. Have you written the truth? Have you written down the truth? If you have it, I, I compel you to do it. Miss Dale, those books that you gave Amy and I uh, for our grandchildren, if you open up Winnie's first page, it, it's the truth of how Jesus changed our lives. It, it's a written record of how Jesus changed our lives. 
Brother Kyle, why is that important? Well, who was your great-great-grandfather? Who was your great-great-grandmother? Where did they live? What did they believe? Were they Christians? If you don't write it down somewhere, nobody's going to know. Two or three generations from now, by the way, I believe Jesus is going to come get us before then. But just in case, they need to know. They need to know who you are what you stood for, and who changed your life. So write it down. R write it down. You do have a testimony, don't you? Yes. you? You do have a testimony, right? Then you should, listen, if, you've, if you have a true testimony, if you are Jesus's and, and, and he is yours, you ought to be able to, you ought to want to tell the world, amen? amen? Write it down. Write it down what Jesus did for you. Now, we can add another gospel writer to the list of truth-tellers, as, as, like, uh, as Luke also wrote of this, this very event as well. Now, Matthew and John do not write of this event, but they do not, that, that doesn't mean it, didn't, it never happened. It just means that they did not include this event in their story of Jesus. There were similar events, but not this event, and it's okay. Mark and Luke felt that this event was important. Luke says in his version... Listen, Luke says in his version that Jesus taught with authority. Now, Mark says like a man with authority. Luke says he taught with authority. He wasn't beating around the bush, Dan. He was going right for it. He taught with authority. Do you know how I have told you that Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies to prove that he was the Son of God? Y'all know how I've told y'all that over and over and over again? Guess what? This is one of them. This is one of them. If you turn in your Bibles, you don't have to. I'm going to do it. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, I mean, excuse me, Micah chapter 5 and verse 4. Listen to what Micah 5, 4 says. <laughs> Long time before this was written. It says, he will stand and shepherd them in strength of Yahweh and the majestic name of Yahweh his God. They will live securely for, for, uh, for, for then. His greatness will be extended to the end of the earth what we're seeing this morning is prophetical it's prophetical of who he was and the truth that was told now we know in this story another truth teller we all know that Jesus was speaking the truth when Mark, when Mark records he was teaching as one having authority and again when Luke records he taught with authority now do you know how these two gospel writers can write this with such confidence? Now, remember, one said with authority and one who, who seemed to have authority. How, how, could they, how could they write that? How could they write that with such confidence? Because Jesus, church, Jesus was and is the ultimate truth. He's the truth. Jesus is the truth. The truth that Jesus was teaching with, was, with such authority provoked another to tell the truth. So get this. Jesus walks into Capernaum. He walks into the synagogue. He starts teaching. Corey, he's just teaching. He's teaching the way Jesus always teaches. But it's with such authority and with such truth that there's another because he's speaking with such authority. Listen, Brandon, he's got to tell the truth. He's got to. The truth such affects him, Kenny, that he's got to tell the truth. Well, who is it? Who is it? The demon told the truth. 
the demon. Roland, the demon. Now, I mean, that, that, that doesn't even sound right, does it? Demons are liars. They don't tell the truth. D listen, d I, I want to tell listen, this is, shh, shh. I, we might need to stop recording, I don't know. This, this right here is above top secret FBI. I mean, this, this, listen, some of y'all, I know you've done it. You, you've called a psychic. Now, I'm going to tell you, Glenn, if I ever call a psychic and they say, hello, who am I speaking with? I'm going to say, you tell me. <laughs> Isn't that right, Jim? No, I called you. Who? I called for help. You tell me. But this, listen, there are people who absolutely eat it up. I need, I need to speak with my, 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 my dead loved one. You're not talking to your dead loved one. You're talking to a demon. You hear me? They know just enough about you and your life, and you're speaking with a demon. That person that you're speaking with on the phone or, or reading your tarot cards or whatever you get into, listen, that is not of God, and God tells you not to do that. But you're speaking to a demon. But on today, today, the scripture we're looking at today, Jesus spoke with such authority that the demon had to stand up and tell the truth. That's amazing. That doesn't happen unless you're in the presence of God. So, what is it? Let's recall what he said. Look at verse 23. Verse 23 says this. Just then, a man, an ordinary person, just a man. You could, you could say woman there if you wanted to. It's a person, but on this day it was a man. A man with an unclean spirit was in their synagogue. He cried out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus? Nazarene? How, how have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Here's the truth again. I know who you are. The Holy One of God. Tashonda, a demon, just gave him the credit that he deserves. You are, now listen, everybody else in there was, was wondering after what he just taught with authority, but the demon didn't have to wonder, Dan, he knew. He says, you are the Holy One of God. Did you notice that the demon did not give Jesus time to answer the first question before he asked another one? Did y'all notice that? He asked a question, and he didn't give him a chance to answer it. And before Jesus can answer the second question, the demon pronounces to all who are present who he really is. Now, church, think with me here for a second. You would think that a demon would want to keep quiet, wouldn't you? I'm looking through the, the crowd, and I, you know, I, here comes Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Here he comes. I'm just going to sit here and keep my mouth shut. You think he'd try to be quiet, to, to try to hide, to not be seen, to hope beyond hope that he could keep his host, Jesus, without detection. Why then, if he should have done all that, <coughs> why did the demon speak the truth? Why did he speak the truth? You ready? 
You ready? This is deep theology. He knew he was caught. He knew he was caught. When Jesus came in, I guarantee you, I, Luke doesn't record this and Mark doesn't record this, but Desi, I guarantee you, when Jesus walked through the door and as he was teaching, and we don't have a record of what he taught with authority. Uh, Brother Kerry, all we know is that he did teach with authority. I imagine that as, as he was teaching and he was teaching with authority, he probably looked over at that demon two or three times and just smiled at him. Just smiled at him. He might have walked in, Lynn, he might have walked in, and as he was walking through, as they were having fellowship time at the, at the uh, synagogue, Jesus might have walked by him and said, how you doing? We're going to talk in a little bit. Somehow, some way, that demon knew he was busted. He was caught. He shouldn't have been there, but he was there. Now, do you want to know, do you want to hear something, a sad truth? Y'all want to hear a sad truth about this? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. John Phillips says demons are the only ones in the New Testament to address Christ of God as Jesus. That's sad, isn't it? Listen, even the disciples, even his apostles, his closest followers, didn't acknowledge him as the Son of God until after when? After the, I mean, after the resurrection. That, that's sad. Church, Jesus silenced the demon at once. He wanted no testimonials of such a source. Can you get over the fact that a possessed person was attending Sabbath day service and speaking the truth? Kind of makes you wonder who you're sitting next to this morning, doesn't it? Brother Kyle, that was low. A possessed man was sitting in church during the Sabbath day services. Now, we have to deal with the last group remaining in our scripture this morning. Look at verse 27. Verse 27 says this, it says, then they, then they, well, who, who, who in the world are, are, are they? Well, go back to verse 21. Then they went to Capernaum right away and entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. They is those who were in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. How many, Brother Kyle? I, I don't know. As we studied the life of Christ or, or even journey through the Bible, we learned that a, a synagogue could be made up of how many? Ten or more. Ten or more men of faith, and you could create it. So we don't know how many were there, but we know whoever was there. Brother David, they, they were astonished. But it says in verse 27, Then they were all amazed. They were amazed. But what we see happen next does not contend to the fact that they were amazed in what Jesus had done or, or how he taught. Listen, it says, but they were amazed, so they began to argue. Now that sounds like a Baptist church. <laughs> right? 
That doesn't sound like a Jewish synagogue. That sounds like a Baptist church. Then they were amazed, so they began to argue with one another, saying, what is, what, what is this? Now think with me here. Think with me. What did Jesus do? He disrupted the order of service. He did. <gasps> oh my gosh. He disrupted the order of service. Do you know that most people are so set in their ways? You know, we look at the Jews and say, boy, the Jews, what messed them up was their tradition. Their, their, their tradition messed them up. You try to change the order of service in a Baptist church and see what happens. You, you come in and you, you, you go from traditional singing to, to, to updated singing and, or you do a blend and you see what happens. Really? Jesus interrupted the service. He interrupted the flow of what was taking place in the synagogue. And they, and, and they said, what, what is this? They begin to argue with one another saying, what is this? A new teaching? Not only that, but with authority. He commanded even the unclean spirits and they obey him. The scripture we just read says, then they were amazed at what they saw. Now, why is it so amazing as they were amazed at what they had saw, what they had seen? These were people of God. At least in their eyes. And one intruder. But they, they were amazed at what they saw. Pe people of God. Do you know why we probably don't see as, as many works of God as we ought to see? It's because we're amazed. We're, we're amazed. I mean, that we, we, we're so amazed. Woo-woo! We ought to be looking for it. They should not have only been amazed. They should have stopped where they were and started praising because what they were looking for was right there before them. What they say they were looking for, their Messiah was standing right there in front of them. And instead, they were just like, whoo, look, whoo, that's amazing. Too often, that's what we do when we walk in the church. Whoo, this is beautiful. This is amazing. This is a, look at the chairs and the car. Look, the chairs match the carpet. Look at there. Man, look, the wood trim on the windows matches the pews and the pulpit. It's amazing. What's amazing is, Scripture says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I also in your midst. But we don't look for him in our midst. We don't acknowledge him in our midst. We don't worship him knowing that he is in our midst. We don't walk out those doors in a glorified, worshipful praise because we were in the midst of God. It's just amazing. Another, another day in the house of God. Do you know why you've never been changed? It's because you don't want to be changed. Do you like the way you are? How does this apply to us today, Brother Kyle? Let's, let's wrap this thing up. I mean, come on. You're, 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 come on. If someone was testifying of your life lived thus far on this earth, which group that we discussed this morning would they put you with? 
If somebody was writing and testifying of your life thus far lived, which group would they put you in this morning? Some of y'all just got scared, didn't you? Would they put you with the gospel writers, Mark and Luke? Listen, they had to tell. They had to tell. I don't know when. I don't have a date. I, don't, I was born May 3rd, 1970. I know that's shocking for some of y'all. But that's, I, that's when I was born. I don't have a date of when they wrote these books. I've got an approximation. But, you know, can I, can I tell you, I know for a bona fide fact why they wrote these letters or, or these books. Because they had to tell. They had to tell. Jesus so changed their lives. He, he listen, he blindsided them in a good way. They, they had to tell it. Listen, do you know why you have so much problem telling people about Jesus? It's because you ain't got nothing to tell. And that ought to scare you. You can't tell people that Jesus changed you because he didn't. You're, you're the same. But these two, Cynthia, they had to tell it. They were going to tell it. And they didn't just want a few people to know. They wanted the whole world to know. Did it make an impact? Evidently it did. It's in the best-selling book of all the world. They had to tell it. We need more Christians that have to tell it. Just got to tell it. I've got to tell people what Jesus did for me. It's easy. It's easy. How are you doing today, ma'am? I am doing great. Jesus, I'm blessed and highly favored. Jesus changed my life. It's that easy. And I listen, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I double dog, double dare you to start doing that. Sooner or later, people are going to say, well, how did Jesus change your life? Da-da-da-da! Guess what you get to do? You get to tell them how Jesus changed your life. Now, do you identify with those people there? I mean, you've just got to tell it. I've got to tell it. I've got to tell people. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. Number two, do you identify with the gospel writers who told their story of what they saw with Matthew and John? What these men did was not wrong, but they just skipped over speaking about this event. It wasn't part of their story, and that's okay, but they skipped. They skip the truth because, listen, when we skip the truth, we do skip the truth because we don't want to offend anybody. I, if I tell somebody about Jesus, I, I mean, I'm going to offend them. <clears throat> the truth of the gospel has always and will always be offensive. Because what happens is when you just tell them the truth of what Jesus did and you point to Scripture, the Scripture shows them that they are sinners. We're all sinners. I got into a little, you know, back and forth debate this past week on social media with this guy who, who says that, you know, you can lose your salvation because you sin. And I thought, you know, I said something to him. I said, well, can you, can you, you know, what are your thoughts on 1 John, so-and-so, you know, the scripture where it says, if a man says he's without sin, he's a liar and therefore a sinner. You know, what are your thoughts on that? And he comes back and tries to, you know, delete that pretty much. 
And Dan, I, I typed back one last time. I said, so you believe that you've reached a point of sinless perfection here on this earth. That's pretty refreshing. Listen, we're all going to sin. All of us are going to sin. But you better realize that you need the Savior. And you better go back to Him and repent of your sins every day, every chance you get. We have a third. We have a third group. Do you want to be booked in or brooked in with these, this group? The third group is this. Are, are we like the demon who knows the truth and will speak the truth, but is still doomed because we've rejected the truth? You know the truth and you ain't got a problem speaking it, Donna. You don't have a problem speaking it, but you've never accepted it. Well, how in the world is that possible? Listen, my, my name is, is, is uh, Michael so-and-so, Michael Pickle. I mean, just anything. I go to Chevis Oaks Baptist Church. I've been attending Chevis Oaks Baptist Church since I was three years old in my mother's womb. I, you know, I, I, I attended Sunday school and, and RAs and GAs and then, then Awana. And I, I, I was a, I was a, I'm a proud gold card member of Chevis Oaks Baptist Church. I attend every Sunday morning because that's what we do. We're, we're good Sunday morning, right? But do you know him? Y'all do know that just because you have your, letter, your name on the membership here doesn't mean your name's the written book of life, right? Lamb's book of life, right? That, that's not how it works. You see, these demons knew the truth, and they didn't have a problem telling it, but they rejected the truth themselves. The demon was a fallen angel who had taken the side of Satan in the great rebellion in heaven. But he was, Mr. Crawford, he was telling the truth. He was telling the truth. Fourth group, will you be like those religious men in the synagogue who were faced with the truth and would not accept the truth and proclaim the truth to all the world? Listen to what St. Augustine said years ago he des in describing men like these. He says, they love the truth when it enlightens them. They love the truth when it enlightens them but hate the truth when it accuses them. Where, where would we fit into all this this morning? Where are, where, I think the biggest group that the majority of us would fit in, it would be comfortable Christianity or casual Christianity. Listen, I'll show up once a month or I'll show up twice a month. <laughs> don't, don't ask me to come and do a deep study on, on Sunday night and, and learn more. No, I don't need that. Uh, listen, I, come on Wednesday night. People call me a fanatic. They see me going to church three times a week. Are you kidding me? I don't. Listen, that's casual Christianity. That's where the majority of us would fit. I'll give him a little bit, but I'm not going to give him my all. And, you know, and that's funny. That's, that's, it's funny, but it's not funny. You're saying that about the one who gave everything for you. Everything. Church, we're either telling the world the truth <coughs> or we're hiding the truth. We are either telling the world the truth or we're hiding the truth. 
We are either proud of what Jesus has done in our lives or we're ashamed to associate ourselves because we know the world, the real world, will not accept the follower of Jesus Christ. Today, do you know the truth? And will you proclaim the truth to the world? Will you tell your story? I'd like to think that we would be like Mark and Luke. I've got to tell it. I've got to tell it. I have to tell the truth because all he's done for me. Let's all stand, heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we dedicate this invitation to you because it's yours. We pray that you would be with us right now. You'd help us, Lord Jesus, to see ourselves as you see us. Be with us right now during your time of invitation. Let us see ourselves, Lord, truly as we are. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come? If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, come down, please. I'll beg you, come down. Let me show you. What, let, I, I'm not showing you what the Baptists believe. I want to show you what Jesus said each person must do to be born again. Will you come? I promise you if you're in this sanctuary this morning, if you'll take a step towards the altar, that the Holy Spirit will help you take every other step you take. Please come. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never accepted him, please come right now and let me show you what his word says. All of us have to do. Will you come?